0: The start of free agency is five weeks from now. The draft opens in Philadelphia in late April. And while it sounds like a lot of downtime between now and when we can enjoy some action and learn of the Eagles' plans for 2017, the reality is that for an NFL team, there just aren't enough hours in the day and night. Welcome to the Eagles Live Podcast, Episode 62. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro with some insight on what's happening at the NovaCare Complex with the Philadelphia Eagles. In this episode, Executive Vice President of Football Operations Howie Roseman provides an update on the team's success at the Senior Bowl, and quarterback Carson Wentz checks in from the Super Bowl on his plans for the rest of this offseason. But we're going to begin with the legacy report. The Pro Football Hall of Fame class was announced on Saturday night from Houston, and it had some Eagles flavor. It will happen for Brian Dawkins, it just didn't. The first year he was eligible for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Dawkins fell short in the final voting for the Hall on February 4th. Dawkins was the heart and soul of the Eagles' defense for 13 seasons, and he connected with the fan base and continues to do so in a unique way. The fans appreciated the way Dawkins played with every bit of energy And emotion. They also loved that he was Mr. Everything in the Jim Johnson defense. A second-round draft pick from Clemson in 1996, Dawkins played in 183 games as an Eagle, and he was a dynamo in every way. Dawkins, a member of the NFL's All-Decade Team of the 2000s, is one of just five players to record at least 30 interceptions and 20 sacks in his NFL career. He was named to the franchise's 75th anniversary team and was inducted into the team's Hall of Fame and had his number 20 retired in 2012. 2018 should be the year Dawkins makes it to Canton, Ohio. Time to get back to the Novacare Complex, where Roseman and the Eagles are in the midst of what exactly? What goes on behind the scenes as teams prepare for a very busy offseason ahead? Here is a conversation with Roseman in his office at One Nova Care Way with the Senior Bowl practices and game very fresh in mind and with the scouting combine still a few weeks away.
1: Howie, you're back from the Senior Bowl. Was it a success? What qualifies as success? The amount of information that we were able to gather from our scouts, from our coaches going down there and meeting with the players, it's such a big part of the process to know these guys as well off the field as we do on the field. And from that perspective, it was a huge success.
0: How about from a football standpoint, watching practice? What do you get from that? How
1: much value is there? Seeing guys live for the first time always helps you as you're trying to put the complete picture together, especially certain positions. And then seeing the competitive part, seeing these guys go against some of the best players around the country. So wide receiver DB one-on-ones, O-line D line one-on-ones getting to see these guys around their peers how competitive they are talking to the people from the staffs and seeing how they're picking up football so it's a great process for us to be involved in the senior both phil savage and his staff do a tremendous job
0: do you come back and then watch the practices over and over and over again
1: what you do is then it comes into the evaluation of the players as you kind of formulate your board. So when you're watching a player and you're watching the games, at the end of the games, being able to watch also the senior bowl practices, the senior bowl games, the one-on-ones.
0: So we're here five weeks from the start of free agency, and then the draft is at the end of April. What goes on on a day-to-day basis, Howie?
1: We're watching players. We're having conversation about our plan. We're talking to the coaches, getting them up to speed, making sure that our schedule is set so that we have enough time to go see guys on the road to do top 30 visits. You know, we have the combine in between that we have free agency. So just making sure everything's organized, that there's a systematic approach to everything we do. Is the plan in place for free agency or is that still to be determined? Our plan's in place. Now we need people to agree with it, you know, and I think that's the important part. And then what other things are going to become available to us? What are other opportunities that? come now and the start of the year. And a lot of that comes into play when you go down to the combine and it's almost like winter meetings for all of us down there to be able to talk about what we have, what we're looking for. And that's where a lot of the trade discussions originate from.
0: Howie, a year ago, everything was kind of coming back together. What kind of a good place do you feel like you're in having had a year with Joe, with the people here to get back to doing it the way you want to do it?
1: Incredibly excited about the people that we have in place and also really excited about adding to this team. When you look at the things that we were trying to do last year, with a limited amount of resources. Looking back a year, we weren't perfect, but feel good about a lot of things we did. Obviously starts at the quarterback position, starts along the lines. And then looking at our roster, knowing that there are a lot of things we want to do. And the struggle is trying to make sure that we stick to our plan and stick to our vision and do the right things and not press because we have a particular need.
0: It may be a silly question, but you see them out there, the mock drafts. Does anybody compile the mock drafts just for the sake of compiling information?
1: We do, for that reason. We want to compile the information and we want to get a sense where people have guys. That doesn't affect where our draft board goes, but it does help us gain the information to figure out where guys can go and what the attainability of some of those guys are. I mean, certainly if we see a guy that is consistently in the first round of every mock draft, we're not going to get him in the fourth round unless there's some issue, whether it's medical or off field. But it's all part of the information gathering process. And it's also a fun time of year to look at all that stuff. You know, that's part of this time of year is looking at the mock drafts and kind of looking and going, well, I hope that one turns out that way. And, you know, we're picking. 14th.
0: I always thought they were just guys throwing darts against the wall.
1: Well, there's probably a lot to that too, you know, but uh, I think for us, it's just exciting, you know, it's a talent acquisition period and once it gets rolling, once the year starts and... Then you have that little lull when we go to the league meetings and then it turns over to the draft. And, you know, there's nothing more exciting than adding players to this team and trying to figure out what role they'll play for the future of the Philadelphia Eagles.
0: Howie, what have your thoughts been as you've watched these playoffs and seen it all unfold?
1: Well, I think it goes back to sort of our blueprint and our vision and plan when we started it. Tremendous high-level play from the quarterback position. Great surrounding talent and really teams who have a vision and a plan not just for one year, but for a period of time to let it all come together. And gotta kind of give a lot of credit to Thomas Dimitrov and his staff and Coach Belichick and Nick and their staff and their determination and their diligence. And it gives us a lot of hope about what we can do here when we make the right decisions. Thanks, Howie.
0: Thanks, Dave. One year ago, Wentz was coming off an eye-opening week at the Senior Bowl and was the it name moving up the draft charts. The Eagles selected him, of course, with the second overall pick last spring, and Wentz went on to complete an NFL record 379 passes in 16 starts in the 7-9 and season. The rookie quarterback setting that NFL mark, and he also set a franchise record with seven victories for a rookie quarterback. Let's hear it from Carson Wentz, one-on-one from Houston, Texas. Tell us about Radio Row and your thoughts the first time visiting that craziness. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Quite the
2: show, quite the production down here and yeah, but you know it's really cool. You can tell how many people and how many fans this game really has, especially when you come down here. So it's been a good morning so far.
0: You've done a great job on the air, Carson. Comfortable for you to answer the questions in rehash 2016.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. They're not always fun because, you know, I, I wish we were still playing at the end of the day. It's kind of all part of it. So it's been good.
0: What's it been like for you to have an off season after, you know, a year ago you were preparing for the draft. You were really immersed in the game of football. What has this time been like for you?
2: Well, first of all, it's been different. You know, I've never really had an opportunity like this to have a whole month, you know, away and have free time to just kind of rest, relax, and recover. But it's been good. You know, getting the mind, getting the body right, and kind of chomping at the bit to get back and, and you know start training and working out and everything. No, it's been really good. And like I said, it's the first time I've really had time quite like this. But uh, enjoying it,
0: Carson. We were in Mobile, Alabama. We saw the memories of Carson Wentz from North Dakota State in that town. Hey, did you watch any of the practices or the game at all? And how much did that experience help you?
2: Yeah, I saw a couple of practices, just a little bit here and there, some of the highlights. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. You know, seeing those at my house now and realizing that was just a year ago. You know, what a difference a year makes, and just knowing what all of those guys that are there are going through and, you know, the process, it's kind of wild. Quite the blessing to really be able to see, you know, where I am now, and you know, like I said, how different a year is.
0: What have you been doing in the off season so far? It's just really been just kind of relaxing, hanging out, seeing friends and family that I hadn't seen in a while, or getting
2: out hunting a little bit, just to get away and get the mind right, and getting back to work here really soon.
0: Before we talk about football, let's talk about your dogs. And I know you've got Jersey and Henley golden retrievers. You gave some pups away. What has that experience been like? Taking care of these tender, beautiful little animals
2: yeah it's been fun, you know these little puppies have been they've been a blast now having keeping my own obviously I, I've already raised one Henley she's four but now going through it again. It, it's just fun. you know I love dog and being around it, getting to work with Jersey and, and train him to be you know hopefully a really good really good hunting dog. It's fun. It's a fun process. It gets me away from everything else going on in life and just kind of get to enjoy uh, spending time with them.
0: Carson, what is on the to-do list for you as far as football goes? Did the coaching staff give you a list of things to work on in the off months?
2: Kind of, sort of. You know, it's just really all about just getting more efficient and just being more consistent with everything. You know, and I'll be heading to... uh Southern Cal, which has already been reported, you know, to work with Adam Dato and Tom House and kind of just work through some things, you know, nothing really crazy, but just same type of stuff I've been doing for, for a long time for the most part, you know, just always trying to get better, trying to, you know, be more consistent, like I said, and, and then also, you know, just getting in the weight room and getting bigger, faster, stronger, you know, it's not rocket science, you know, it's just about putting in the time and the effort and the, just continuing to try and get better, but now it's also watching the film side of it as well and kind of evaluating um, your play throughout the season and all of that, and kind of rehashing some things and taking mental notes of where you can be better and all that. So there's a lot that goes into it, but, but I enjoy doing
0: it. Carson, what do you think you accomplished in your rookie season? Well, you know, obviously we were
2: 7-9, and and you know, we didn't make the playoffs, so it's it pretty frustrating to not be playing in January. You know, I, I think I learned a lot. I grew a lot. You know, being on the same page with a lot of those guys, you know, didn't get those opportunities, you know, really, during OTAs, into training camp, you know, being the, the third-string guy for a while. So I, I got just chance to grow with a lot of
3: guys, coaches,
2: other players, you know, everything, and I just got a lot more comfortable with it. You know, as the season wore on, I just kept getting more and more comfortable, and now there's no looking back. Going into these OTAs, just full speed ahead. What
0: is the next step for this team to go from 7-9 and into the playoffs?
2: It's just to keep being consistent. You know, I think, you know, we all realized we were really close in a lot of these ballgames. Like, we were right there in pretty much all of them, and we had chances, and we got to find ways to win these close games. We got a young team, you know, and we're all kind of growing together, and I think it's just going to be... Spending the time together and putting in the work, and I don't think we're far off by any means. No, I think we got a lot of work to do, but at the same time, I don't think we're far.
0: Carson, have you watched the playoffs? And and if so, what have the thoughts that you've had going through your head?
2: Yeah, yeah, I followed them. I followed the playoffs, and quite honestly, it's been frustrating. But I'm at home watching them on my couch. Well, well, there's other teams still playing, but you know, it's good football. You know, you can tell there's, there's good quarterback play is happening, and two of the best are in the Super Bowl. So that's the standard I want to hopefully get to sooner than
0: later. that you threw on the NFL Network were the first ones you'd thrown in a month. When's the last time in your life you've had that kind of break from the game of football? Has it been since the high school days? Since high school,
2: yeah, no question. No question. Is it good for you? Yeah, you know, it is good. Like I said, I've been going for like almost a year and a half from the start of my senior college all the way through. So it, it's good to get away, like I said, mentally and physically to kind of recover and get, get your mind right. And, uh, it'll be back before you know it.
0: When will we see you in Philadelphia again?
2: I've been there for a while. I just came from there to come down to Houston, but I'll be kind of all over the place. But Obviously, we'll be seeing you in April when OTAs are rolling.
0: Can't wait, Carson. Enjoy the rest of the off season here. I uh, hope you enjoy Super Bowl weekend, and hopefully in a year's time we're all going to be in the same place preparing for the big game. I think that's everybody's goal, right? We want to get to the Super Bowl next year.
2: Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Appreciate it, Dave. Thanks for having me.
0: Carson Wentz, thanks so much for joining us. Off the field safety Malcolm Jenkins given one of the highest honors a player can be awarded. He was named the National Football League Players Association winner of the prestigious Byron Wiser White Award for his contributions Off the field of play, the Wizard White Award is the highest honor the NFLPA can bestow on a player for his dedication to positively impacting his team, community, and country in the spirit of the former Supreme Court Justice for which the award is named. The Malcolm Jenkins Foundation, formed in 2010, receives $100,000 from the Players Association. Jenkins humbled at receiving the notice.
3: Uh, It means a lot. I mean, the figures award winners are men that have done a lot of really good work in the community. Uh, And then to be able to be recognized, you know, amongst a great field of peers that are doing some great work is a huge honor for me, but it's a bigger, to me, the biggest thing is being able to recognize the work that from all of the people behind me have have done, you know, to my wife, my mother, um, our board, and different staff members that have all really put in the work to make the Mount Virginia Foundation so effective and so widespread, you know, before states. That takes a lot of collaboration and a lot Lot of teamwork and so really i'm happy for them to finally get some recognition and, and honors for the work that they're doing
0: malcolm why has it been so important for you to use this platform to make such a difference
3: my original example of uh, what it looks like to give back was, you know, I didn't have to look far. I got to see my father constantly be a role model to kids in our neighborhood as we grew up, you know, signed kids up for football, took us all to and from practice, and I got to see the long-lasting effects of his, you know, service to just a few kids in our neighborhood, because not only did I make it to the NFL, but uh, there were also two other kids in the NFL, and he signed both of them up for football. One of them is Dwayne Gratz, who's currently an Eagle. And so now that I have this platform, I kind of carry that example with me. And it's very, very important for me to use this stage. And as my career gets stronger and my following and voice gets bigger, I want to make sure that I still carry that responsibility to, you know, be the voice for those who might not have one or can't fight for themselves. Because somebody's done it for me. You know, I didn't arrive to this point on my own on my own work and my own sweat and blood. It's, it was on the back of others who've done it before me.
0: And finally, Malcolm, last question. It must be really gratifying to literally, you know, visibly see the difference that you make. It's not something that is hidden behind walls. You can reach out and and see the difference.
3: Yeah, and I think that's the most motivating thing for me is that reward, knowing that your work is not in vain and that there are people that are benefiting from this work. And, you know, it's awesome. The amount of People that we've been able to touch since 2010, when we started the Malcolm Jennings Foundation, is really gone far and beyond. You know anything that we we really thought of, and it's only growing. And so, you know, I'm, I'm very, very appreciative of the NFLPA for selecting me for this award. You know, not only for the honor, but the generous donation of $100,000 uh, that will just allow us to continue the work that we do, expand on some of the work that we do, and that's just more lives we're able to touch.
0: Malcolm, congratulations! Thank you so much for your time. And that is it for this episode of the Eagles Live Podcast. We're back in two weeks with perhaps more clarity as to what the Eagles have in mind for the offseason ahead. Thanks to Brian Thomas for his work putting this podcast together and thanks to you for joining each and every week. Spread the word. The more Eagles fans who listen, the more we can do. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. Have yourselves a great Eagles day, everyone.